Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is up, everybody? John Middlecoff, fresh off a 13-hour drive back from the Bay Area because my friends at Southwest Airlines. Don't cry for me. I never actually had to go to the airport. My flight just got canceled on the app, so uh, I had to pivot because I wasn't going to be able to get home, so I rented a car, drove home. Now I'm here, watched a little football, a little cowboy game. I basically did a rapid fire for the pod where I just kind of wrote down some of the stories that happened over the last week. I'm not going to break down all the games from last week. We'll just talk about the games once they happen this week on like Sunday and Monday. So we're just kind of going to talk some of the major stories. Carr, uh, the Broncos, right? Some of the Eagles injuries. Cardinals, there's a story. Zach Wilson situation. A lot going on. A lot of drama. You know me, I love a good drama. Uh, so at John Middlecoff is the Instagram fire in those DMs for Middlecoff Mailbag. Also, if you listen on Collins feed, make sure you subscribe to the 3 and Out feed. And, uh, and yeah. Let's dive into the podcast. Okay, it's been a weird, you know, stretch for the Cowboys, right? They struggled to beat the Texans. They lost that game to the Jags. They handled business on Christmas Eve. And then tonight was a little weird. It was, I would say, a lot closer than most people thought it would be, right? I mean, the Titans, they are playing that game with the majority of people that we have never heard of. I mean, they Joshua Dobbs, who... God love them. Impressive night. (laughs) That's who's giving you a game. Now, ultimately, the Cowboys separated as the game went on, as they should. Short week. A little longer than your typical Thursday week because you played on, you know, Saturday afternoon. But I'm going to give the Cowboys a little bit of credit. You know, the Eagles have had an incredible season. And up until the last, like, 10 days, their season has been smooth sailing. It felt like they were going to cruise to 16-1. and But what happens in football? Guys get hurt. And now, I wouldn't say it's up in the air, like big picture for the Eagles, but it's definitely just, you know, they've been throwing a couple curveballs. And the Cowboys, who lost their quarterback early in the season for a couple games, uh, have just had a weird stretch this last month, have kept their division hopes alive. 
and most importantly, with more than likely a backup quarterback, who I think we all kind of like. I mean, he's a good backup quarterback, and Gardner Minshew have forced the Eagles' hand. Like, the, the Eagles have to win this week. And then if the Cowboys win again next week, the Eagles have to win again. So the Cowboys have made the Eagles keep trying, not rest, and keep the focus on because they're 12-4. and four. And I know this. I, I'm watching the game tonight thinking of like some, I wouldn't want to say negative takes, but it's like, oh, Dak throws a shitty pick. Oh, Mike McCarthy. And you look up and they're 12-4. and four. Like, they, they deserve credit. It hasn't always been pretty. Their defense disappeared for a little bit of a stretch uh, lately. But 12-4, and four, they're in position to, I, I don't want to say in position to win the division, but the division is still alive. And if I would have told you that four or five weeks ago, no one would have believed you because the Eagles were in cruise control. And that, that's just not the case anymore. And now with Lane Johnson being out, uh, that, that game's pretty fascinating. Let's face it, all those teams in the, you know, in the NFC South, are, or I guess three of the four teams, are still alive <clears throat> in Carolina, Tampa, and the New Orleans Saints. And the Eagles have a lot on the line this week, not just winning, you know, to win the division, but to beat the Saints because they have the Saints pick. So I, I give the cre- Cowboys credit, Mike McCarthy credit. This is back-to-back 12-plus wins. This is a guy that I'm guilty of, have talked a lot of shit about, um, you know, and his teams are winning a lot of games. Now, Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys are going to be judged on one thing and one thing only. And that's going to be the second round of the playoffs. Let's just assume they don't win the division. They're going to get no credit if they beat whoever. The Bucks, who are god-awful. Carolina, who everyone's talking about them like they're the 07 Bats because they win a couple games. I mean, they're not very good either. And the Saints, who also kind of stink. So the Cowboys, who are going to be favored in that game, just have to win. Now, I'm not going to give them like style points or whatever. You win the game, it's the playoffs. All that matters. But you lose that game, Mike McCarthy's getting fired. Right? Back-to-back wild-card weekend losses at 12-plus wins. Like, it's over. So they're going to get judged on one weekend and one weekend alone because the only thing that's allowed to happen in the wild-card weekend is the Cowboys winning. It's the second week. And whether they end up playing the Eagles, if there's maybe an upset in the the first round with a 7-2 game, whether that's the Niners or more than likely the Vikings – and they end up playing one of those two teams on the road, you win that game, to me, your season's a major success. Given that they haven't been in the NFC Championship game, and I don't know, since I was in junior high. I'm 38. <laughs> so it's been a while. And you win multiple playoff games, that is a season is a success. Honestly, depending on how that game looks, it could feel like relatively successful. But you're getting judged on the second playoff game at this point. Like, you're not, just because of the way that, how terrible the NFC South is, you're going to be favored in that game, on the road. (laughs) And anything less than a victory against a terrible Tampa team and the other two random teams who, you know, several times during the season have been drafting in the top five, you know, would be an utter disaster. Now, I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose. I would bet on them to win that game. But as you saw tonight, like, I saw there was a stat after Dak threw his second pick. That over the last like 14 quarters, he has seven touchdowns and seven picks. Sometimes stats can be a little deceiving, right? Sometimes you can throw, if, if I find you a guy that's thrown 25 touchdowns right now, maybe five of those were wheel routes or slant routes that a guy breaks a tackle and takes to the house, right? No different than if you have 12 picks, three or four of those bounce off a wide receiver's numbers. 
like happened to Dak tonight, like happened against the Jags. But he also he also throws hideous interceptions. He doesn't have a big arm. As you saw tonight, Joshua Dobbs has a stronger arm than Dak. But when he doesn't turn the ball over, and if he wouldn't have the night, again, one is his fault. I know he had a fumble too. Also, I think it was Tyron Smith. He kind of got smoked. His arm got hit. That, that happened. Like I'm not putting that on the quarterback. But if he turns the ball over, he like throws bad picks, had one last year in the playoff game against the 49ers, Th- these games, like tonight for a large percentage, decided on small margins. And that, to me, is what would make me nervous. Because remember down the stretch last season, he, I remember him throwing a pick against Washington. He For a good player, and I'm not the biggest Dak fan, but I, I will always acknowledge he's a good player. He throws some of the worst interceptions for all the good players. And part of it is he does not have a strong arm. So DBs can break on balls that they simply cannot against Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes, right? Or Brock Purdy. Just kidding. But kind of. Now, they actually have similar arms. But my point is that the Cowboys getting judged on the second round, and it's simply going to kind of come down to if Dak does not turn over the ball, they're going to have a chance to win these games. My take on the Titans, adios. It's been a good run. But you got one more game. See you later. Enjoy the offseason. Okay, let's go a little rapid fire around the National Football League things that have happened uh, in the last couple of days and hell, even some of the stuff that happened over the weekend. You know, the most recent major story was Derek Carr got benched. And that story in itself was pretty crazy given that he's a nine-year starter. But when you factor in that he's played bad, not that nuts financially. If he were to get hurt these last couple of weeks, couldn't pass a physical, they'd be on the hook for $40 million. Understandable. The thing that's batshit crazy, which is very on par with the Raiders, is that he got sent home. And we don't have all the details. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, a story will come out from Jay Glazer, from Schefter. I need more details. Because if the Raiders sent him home, that's the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. He, he, you know, guys that get sent home get in trouble. You know, Aaron Hernandez, Robert Kraft told him to go home. You know, I, I was with the Eagles. Deshaun Jackson contract dispute got told to go home one week. Derek Carr has been a spokesman for an organization that has been in disarray for basically his entire decade there. So unless Derek wanted this, which would also be embarrassing on his, this is pros. You know, this is, guys get benched. Welcome to sports. Welcome to life. Like, that shit happens. You get, lose your job, you get fired, whatever. It's how you react. Like, you cannot send anyone home. And if Derek chose to do this, you should not go home. It's not the way this works. So this feels very Raiders. Dysfunctional people stay dysfunctional. It's very hard for people to break out of their habits. Honestly, I've been saying for a while, the two desert franchises on the West Coast, Arizona and the Raiders, are just a debacle. And what do both of them have in common? They both are owned by kids of former owners. Now, the difference is Al Davis is a Hall of Famer, was a legend in the football world. Bidwell's dad was not. But I'd say both of them, like, the NFL would gladly get rid of them both. Definitely Mark Davis, but Bidwell stays a little more low-key. But I would say, for the most part, his organization sucks. Now, that's not the way it works once you're in the club you're in. But, like, J.J. Watt retires, and he had a fantastic career. No doubt about it, Hall of Famer to me. I I went to a game once, actually, ironically, against the Raiders, 
scored a touchdown. It was sweet. They put him at tight end. He was awesome. J.J. Watt's having a good season. Like His career should not be over. But I wonder, when you're a high-level guy and around low-level people, it usually puts you in a bad mood and makes you question how much you like doing professionally what you're doing. If J.J. Watt right now was having the season he was having, even though he has a young family, and he was playing for the Cowboys, if he was playing for the 49ers, if he was playing for the Chiefs, you think he announced his retirement? Maybe I'm wrong, but I doubt it. But you play for the Cardinals, you go, get me out of here. Larry Fitzgerald still had some years left. Could have kept going as a role player. It was like, I'm done. You know, the Raiders, like, what is going on? Josh McDaniels, we have enough evidence now. Dude might just blow as a head coach. Why are the Patriot guys, why do they struggle so much? I, I had someone that kind of is in the loop tells me, or that told me is like, yeah, he's heard. He's a coach. Josh really struggles interacting with coaches and staff. The Patriot guys just lack Josh, Patricia, Judge. Something is missing. Like, look at the Shanahan guys. Feels like they're pretty normal human beings. Lef- what uh, LaFleur had to happen, had to handle with the Rogers situation. Sala with the Zach Wilson situation. McDaniel with this Tua situation. Feels like they can just kind of handle it pretty well. Josh McDaniels, shit just blows up on his watch. Derek Carr, a lifetime 65% passer, is now struggling to hit the 60 number. Last year, he threw 68% with a bunch of injuries. No rugs. Waller hurt. Now he sucks. Now he's having a bad year. I'm not trying to come up and pound the table like he, I, I don't care that he got benched or not, but sent home. Just such low-level stuff. Now, listen, I'm a West Coast guy. I moved to Scottsdale. If I, if you could buy stock in cities, like Nashville would have been like Tesla five years ago. You would have bet the house on it, and it's still not even slowing down. I would bet heavily. I would not bet on California cities. I would bet on Scottsdale, and I would definitely bet on Vegas. Those two cities, the next 20 years, are going to not only exponentially grow from a person standpoint, but from a financial standpoint. The money... And the companies that are going to move there, start there, is going to be large. And those two markets are going to be big moving forward for potential cash for the for the league. And these two teams right now are just dumpster fires. I mean, a disaster. These are places where you host the Super Bowl. They are big West Coast markets for travel. And their teams are a complete embarrassment. Complete. The Raiders, like, Mark Davis is a terrible owner. <laughs> like, if Mark Davis was just a deep, he would not allow Derek Carr to go home. Look at the Cliff Kingsbury situation. There was a story last weekend, uh, the Christmas, Christmas Eve games, that Cliff might, may, maybe that came out on Thursday or Friday, might walk away because he hates this situation and Kyler's a negative Nancy. Well, it's like, hey, guys, I could have told you Kyler was a negative Nancy. I don't even know the guy. Just watch his body language. I, I, I hate being around negative people. I despise it. They, they bring you down. Now, I don't like utopian 24-7 positive thinkers, but negative people, people that are always negative, avoid them like the plague. And Kyler's just, everything about him just kind of got this negative vibe to him. And I, I get where it would piss you off, but Cliff, you're the one that signed up for this. You knew the guy since he was in high school. And the story's kind of bogus because I would be stunned. Cliff Kingsbury's going to walk away. He's going to retire. He's got five years remaining, or I guess he's in year one, but four more years on his contract. He ain't walking away. Fire me, Bidwell.
I know you don't want to because your family's historically cheap, even though over the last 10, 15 years, you guys have made historic amount of money that you guys couldn't have dreamed of in a million years. Cliff Kingsbury is on drugs if he doesn't say, and listen, I'm not against firing him. He probably should be fired. It's their own fault for extending him. But this story wrote that he might quit. I I think that is, did Michael Bidwell personally write that story? Because what incentive does Kingsbury have to quit? He has, I I guess, $30, $40 million worth of reason to force their hand to fire him. Another guy was fired. Uh, You know, it's, it's hard. Christmas, Christmas Eve, you know, you get around family. As someone that does this for a living and you just watch every game, you know, I, I got multiple televisions, I got iPads, you, you just get Christmas Eve dinner. It's, it's hard. You know, I feel like I'm living a very normal life, like checking scores on my phone. And it's not like D- Denver against the Rams, given the status of these two teams, was must watch. And by the time that game came on, it was kind of like mid Christmas day. And I don't live around my family anymore, so it's important for me to be around them and give them time and just not watch football 24-7. So I, I was like, you know, I don't need to fucking watch Baker Mayfield and Trace McSorley battle it out. But, you know, we got issues, so the game wasn't on television. And, you know, you walk by. At one point, I walked by, I think it was like 24 to 6. Come by a little later, and it was way worse. And your first take, like, I don't care who you are, Denver fan or just a football fan, you go, this thing's getting ugly. And of course, he's fired the next day. And to me, the he was always going to get fired, whether it was week 15 or whether it was you know Black Monday. He was, he was fired, you could argue, the moment the season started. But one thing that was interesting watching the new owner, and what's fascinating to me about the new owner, right? Like the dude that just bought the Phoenix Suns, he owns a big mortgage company, former basketball player for Michigan State. He owns the Phoenix Suns. He's going to be the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Stan Kroenke like, owns the Rams. Sean McVay and Les Snead answer to him. Yet the Denver Broncos ownership, and I remember when they bought the team, I thought it was a little weird. Like the Walton, I guess he's the second generation, is the, you know, the guy that funded the transaction. Yet his daughter and her husband, and her husband's the CEO of the team. Now, is he, you know, he worked at Goldman Sachs. He went to UPenn or whatever, and he met a Walton's daughter and they got married and they started working for Walmart, which is one of the greatest companies in the history of the world. I mean, an absolute cash cow. And as someone alerted to me on Twitter, it's like, isn't it kind of crazy that Walmart has so much money? They own two NFL teams. Now, Crocky, big real estate guy, also married into the family. So yeah, it is kind of crazy. It shows the power of that company and the amount of cash it's produced to the people at the top of the food chain. But to me, what's fascinating about this guy is Penner is the quote unquote guy that runs the team. Yet he's not technically the owner. He just runs it like he is the owner because the owner's daughter, he's married to. And he said, the new coach will answer to me. Like, guys, think about Walmart. Which he and he's worked like he became a heavy hitter and one of the main guys at Walmart. It's not like he doesn't have his own money, but it all came through Walmart. Maybe he grew up rich, but a lot of his cash. I I, I googled how much he was worth, like eight hundred plus million stock bonuses and stuff with Walmart. He's crushed it there, as Walmart has crushed it. So it's not like he's not worth anything and he's married in this family, but or you know he generated it and I'm sure he maybe had some sweet ideas that Walmart imp- implemented. But one thing Walmart did and anyone that is in the business of anything related to grocery stores, uh, 
you know, the beverage business, whatever, you know, the power of Walmart and their resources are so large that they just wipe you the bleep out. And their scale is they have such an advantage, Costco as well, that they destroy the little guy. And they have been doing that now for a long period of time. And when it comes to destroying their competition, they don't really think twice about it because it's pretty easy for them because they're always going to have more resources, more cold, hard cash. That's not the way the NFL works. Mike Brown and Mark Davis, who aren't independently wealthy and beside the team's value on paper, they don't have any other businesses. They don't have any money beside what the league gives them that they can beat, especially look at the Bengals. They run circles around the Denver Broncos. Just because you have money, it doesn't mean that you can just be successful in the business of football. Because ultimately, what you're doing, like, let's all give this guy the benefit of the doubt. He knows what to look for in a manager, in a branch manager, in a sales guy. He's had a lot of experience doing that. And I bet a, a lot of people listening, if, if depending on your industry, if you've done it long enough, have a pretty good feel for who's going to succeed, who's going to fail. No different than me bullshitting about football. Like you just do it long enough. If you have some just natural skills at whatever industry you're in, you get a good feel for it. Well, they're entering a completely different industry. Now, the reason they got to enter that industry is because of the money. So now that the coach answers to the owner, as well as the general manager also answers that guy, but technically he is the owner, but it's not his money. Already, let's we all we all have been in situations where we answer to someone and go, Yeah, it's your grandpa, your dad. Like you're not even in charge, even though you're kind of in charge. That to me creates some weirdness. And two, you, you their setup's already screwed up. So who is taking this job that has options? Wait, so I don't I work with the GM, but he might get fired. They're already out of whack. So I would short the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton, like there's not a snowball chance in hell unless they gave him $700 million. That why would he take this job? I don't know if you saw the clip, Shannon Sharp. I guess it's well documented now. Russell Wilson's got offices in the building. He's got a separate shower. He's got all these parking spots. I'll never forget. Um, I guess it's it's enough times past. Adam Peters, who is now like the number two to John Lynch with the 49ers, was uh I got to know him when I was a graduate assistant at Fresno State. And the year I did on the road doing the West Coast, I I, I ran into him at USC and they had just signed Peyton Manning. And I remember asking him about like, he's like, it was pretty intense. We allocated some coachings. You know, he was he was working for Elway at the time. You know, he's one of their scouts. He's like college director or whatever. And I just remember hearing him tell me, describe all, all they gave to Peyton Manning. So the Broncos have history of giving a lot of stuff in terms of resources, in terms of like, I don't know if Peyton had his own office, but they put a couple quality control coaches that were just for Peyton. Like they did what a high level organization did. They put resources into their most important person. You know the difference is? People love Peyton Manning. And then Peyton Manning dominated. So Russell Wilson got all this extra shit, and he sucks. And people do not like him. Now, we can argue, is he weird? Is he quirky? Is he fake? Listen, we all probably have somewhat different opinions. Besides, he's definitely a little weird. But most people, I would say quarterbacks, can be a little weird, but they get along with their teammates. People do not like Russell Wilson. The backup quarterback for Denver Broncos in that game against the Rams attacked, attacked would be strong, started screaming at one of the offensive linemen. Why? Because he did not pick up Russell. Now, does Rippon really like Russell that much? Or is it just like kind of quarterback code? You stick up for the guy. The offensive lineman 
the group that cares about notoriety the least, that are actually the most normal, typically smartest, easygoing guys, that if they're your neighbor in society, every person's going to like these guys. Can't stand the fucking guy. So Russell Wilson not only sucks, he is despised by his teammates. Now, could we argue he gets it back a little bit? Maybe, but his athleticism is greatly diminished. And the people on the team do not like playing with him. So I would say that alone, and like I said with Walmart, when you have the the resources, like when they got, like it's not like everything they've done has probably been perfect. They have made some mistakes. Well, what could they do out of their mistakes? Buy their way out. Do you know what you can't do when you pay a quarterback 100 and whatever he got, $60 million guaranteed? That's on your books. That dead cap money, you can't just cut a check and have that thing go away. That impacts your salary cap. So. You know, there are rumors out there, Dan Quinn, Brian Schottenheimer's probably as good as they're going to do. But yeah, I, I think they got, I think this ownership group is going to realize business doesn't parallel football because the only thing in, a, in the NFL, despite these, you know, Denver Broncos are a $5 billion franchise. The only thing that matters for that franchise to consistently print cash is if they win. And if they win, they are a behemoth. We've seen it before. They have been one of the biggest franchises in the league when they've been good. They're cool. The, the, the state is awesome. They're, they're just a big brand. But the only way to win is to hire a good coach, have a good quarterback, and have a good operation. Ticket sales, marketing, all that stuff is easy when your team runs. So everything that Penner can do, he, he actually can't do any of it because he needs his coach and his quarterback to be good. And how does he have any clue what to look for? Hell, most people that know what they're looking for miss sometimes. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be a downer on Denver, but I, I just think that the power in which this new ownership has, which is huge pocketbooks, can't really do much. Now, maybe they could just hire Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh want to be a Russell Wilson? Uh, to me, it's like Dan Quinn or, you know, D'Amico Ryans or Gerard Mayo get a former player because, but, but if I'm those guys, because I heard someone say, maybe it was another podcast I was listening to on my 75-hour drive home, is that they need someone that can look at Russell Wilson and say they're not going to take your shit. I was like, okay. But like Russell Wilson, this rich, is really changing. Like doesn't feel like he's got any humble pie this year as he's been embarrassed. So I, I, I just, I think Russell's toxic. And not toxic from being like a bad guy that would like rob you or going to commit crimes or he's going to be on the ticker for getting a DUI. I just think he's toxic because he does not know how to interact with people. And whichever manner in which he does, the other person thinks something's way off in a negative way. It's We all know people that are like, yeah, he's a little weird, but he's quirky. You know, just, I like him. Right. Not, not everyone's the same. Right. You watch Robert Sala talk. You watch Mike McDaniels talk. You watch all these people, like everyone's got their own personality. We all have friends or brothers and sisters or cousins. Personalities are all different. And you like them, you know, you have you have a lot of different personalities in your life that you like. Whatever his personality is completely rubs people the wrong way. I saw Shannon Sharp went off. And guess what? He knows. Denver guy. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. 
FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Eagles. Eagles are kind of in shambles right now. I'm recording this part before the Cowboy game. But regardless of, you know, the Eagles should win the division. I mean, they got some major injuries. I mean, Lane Johnson is one of the best players in the NFL. That, that, that is, now they have offensive line depth, but that is a big loss for them. Uh, you know, we'll see. I saw some clips of Jalen's back in practice. I like Minshew, but if they're going to win the NFC, they, they need, you know, their star quarterback. And I was hesitant to call him that earlier, but that's what he is. He's a star quarterback, healthy. And, uh, and yeah, I, I would just, I don't think by any means, I saw some people saying that they peak too early. No, they're just getting injuries at the wrong time. You get injuries. There's nothing you can do to overcome when star players get hurt. And for the Eagles, if like Lane Johnson, AJ Brown and Hassan Reddick go down, like you're just shit out of luck. Now, if that happens in early October and those guys are coming back, whatever. See it happen with the Niners. What the Niners have going for them is all their good players are on the field. If the Eagles, good players are on the field, and they have home field advantage, I would pick them to win the NFC. 
But if their good players are not on the field, the Niners 100% could beat them. Even, you know, with a little Purdy Magic, who's, goddamn, he looks good. Tua, the NFL's violent. And, like, I, I don't ever get on my moral high horse about concussions. I, I saw, was it Justin Pugh? Like, it's a very violent game. We all know what's at stake now. The players get paid handsomely. They, they know what they're signing up for at this point in time. The consumer, like, I, I say, I, I don't apologize for liking violence. And the game, by no means, is as violent as it was when I fell in love with football. Hell, when I played high school football. I remember people getting concussions in high school and going back in the game. Like, the game has dramatically changed for the good. But guys are going to get hurt. And big guys get hurt, and also little guys get hurt. And two is little. And he's getting slammed like a ragdoll. He was hurt in college, in the most physical conference, and he's, you know... When I, I remember my two years working in the office with the Eagles going to like free agency meetings, just talking, not even about the big guys, but just random players. If you have like, you know, he's got, a, he missed Middlecoff. Let's say I'm, you know, I evaluated the players. Like, let's go over his injury history. It's like, yeah, he's missed three games in four years. Well, what were his injuries? Well, he, he sprained his ankle two years ago. And last year, he broke he broke a finger, and they taped it up, and he had to miss one game. But other than that, he's been durable. You'd be like, ah, oh, kind of freak deals. Right? ACL. He's had one ACL injury. He missed the season. But other than that, he's been durable. You're like, ah, oh, no big deal. Well, you go, oh, he had three concussions in a season. You, it's, it's impossible to quantify that. Because and by the information we have now, the more concussions you have, the more likely you're going to get more. So here's what I know. And I'm not trying to beat up on the guy because I don't think he's a very good player. I think he's a lot of smoke and mirrors. But as a person, I, I whenever I see a press conference, knowing some of the people at Alabama, he's a good guy. People really like him. Clearly, his teammates in Miami like him. And I don't root against people, even if I don't like you as a player, if you're a good person. Now, if my take ultimately is you're not good. Like I'm not rooting against Cliff Kingsbury because I've heard really good things about him as a guy. I just don't think he's a very good coach, just like Tua. I don't root against Tua. Like, there are shitheads in our different professions that I root against, right? You do, I do. We're all humans. But, like, I think Tua is a good person who's an average player who now has major injury concerns. Like, here's a fact. They're not picking up his fifth-year option, which they have to do at the end of this season. So, Tua's career in Miami, obviously his career as a human being, like, if you just get concussions all the time, you're not going to play because you cannot stay on the field. And he gets thrown hard a lot. Of course he does. He's tiny. He is very, very small. And he can't run away. And I saw someone on the internet, you know, when Tua came out of high school, he was the number one dual threat quarterback. The way I remember him uh, described to me was like, not quite as athletic as Steve Young, but more like a younger Russell Wilson. And I think that was kind of his game when he was younger. Well, what did he have to do? He started to get, you got to get thicker. He couldn't be like six foot, 180 pounds. He had to put on weight and get thicker. Well, the thicker he got, he can't really move relative to like a quote unquote good NFL quarterback athlete. So he's a pocket quarterback who's small. And it just feels like his season's probably over. And I love this. Like, there's going to be too much media pressure on them to put him back. No, it's like, two is going to want to play. I, I would imagine. Because people are like, why is he playing now? Because he wants to. I don't know. It's his job. Like, it, it's, I, I have no problem. Like, I'm a big believer in society. If, as long as you're not breaking any laws, you do you, I do me. Once we hit a certain age, I don't know, like 
over 20, like there are some pretty basic things like you got to make a decision, right? And that's, he's made the decision. This guy wants to play. And now clearly, you know, it's, it doesn't look safe for him. It does not look safe for Tua to play football. I think that's a fair statement to make. But if you go, John, do you think Tua is going to keep wanting to play? I'd say, fuck yeah, he is. Hell yeah, he is. <laughs> One million percent. But his time with Miami, I would say, moving forward is in major jeopardy. Now, before I remember, you know, part of what you do when you're around, you know, the family drinking some cocktails, you're always thinking about like, what's my angle on this game? And when Tua's throwing the interceptions and you'd crush him. But now if you go, well, he was concussed the whole second half, didn't quite know what he was doing. You know, I give him a little leeway, though. I do think that level of play resembles more closely who he actually is than some of those numbers did earlier in the season. Numbers, eye test, the whole thing is pretty terrible. Jay Glazer came out, uh, it would have been Saturday or Sunday, probably Saturday. Zach Wilson's not going to be on the team. And he's just, he's a god-awful player. (laughs) Like, there are, you can have hope, right, for projects. You know, I'm recording this before the Thursday night game. Malik Willis is not even playing. But Malik Willis is a project's project you know, basically has all these physical attributes, but has no clue how to play the position. Then there are projects like Josh Allen that are like, if we could just improve his accuracy, and it did. And then there are projects somewhere in the middle like Trey Lance, where it's like, well, he's more more than likely he's not going to be any good, but there's still a lot there, and he's a good guy. You know, we've got to fix his mechanics a little bit. Maybe he could be an above-average player. And then there's Zach Wilson, who, you know, plays the schedule that's a complete joke the COVID year, and gets drafted number two overall. Like, BYU actually, look at their schedule most years, pretty solid. That was not the case in 2020. And I never understood why Joe Douglas, a Baltimore Ravens guy, didn't go with the big physical athlete in Justin Fields. I I didn't get it. This guy played at Ohio State, at Georgia, five-star guy, right there with Trevor Lawrence. Needs some work, too. Just because Zach Wilson made some good throws against... Weber State and South Carolina West, who cares? Now, he fell in love with them, and it's a debacle of a situation. Now, luckily, he's drafted well enough. His coach looks good, but it's hard. I heard Colin and Nick Wright saying, like, the only way that a quarterback situation holds you back forever is if you don't pivot on from it, right? Like, this is not a five-year mistake if they pivot on from it, but who are they pivoting it for? Like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo, natural connection because, you know, LaFleur was around him in San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt every single year. Broke his foot this year, hurt his shoulder last year, also broke his thumb last year, he's torn an ACL, he's hurt his shoulder. So is Jimmy, you just signed Jimmy Garoppolo and Mike White's his backup and you just feel, at least we got two guys. Now, they have to move on from Zach Wilson. You can't function with the guy. He's not a functionable player. Like there's, I would say you could argue Malik Willis, what we saw him from this year is not. If you can't complete passes, basic passes, a wheel route, a slant route, you have no chance to operate. I'd even argue in college football and definitely the NFL. But, you know, it'll be a pretty big. Because he doesn't make that much money, you're just going to cut him and eat the dead cap, even though it's not huge, but you did give him, you know, $26 million or whatever his signing bonus was. Um, be a pretty crazy all-time pivot quickly. 
I think Jamarcus made it three years, two. Uh, I wouldn't blame them. He's that terrible, but God, they must hate him in the gym. That's the difference. Like Tua, obviously Tua is a better player when he's on the field than Zach Wilson. But this is what I always said. And, I, and Tua, even different than Russell. Like the guys like Tua. If if the if the players on my team do not like Tua, or I mean do not like my quarterback, I have an issue. So I want to hear uh, Sean Payton goes to Denver. They give him $150 million. Sean Payton, his entire coaching career, except one season, he had Drew Brees as his quarterback. Drew Brees is like one of the highest character guys in NFL history, beloved by coaches, players, and any human being that has ever interacted with the guy. That is Sean Payton's standard of human, let alone player. And he's going to go to Russell Wilson who is literally the opposite, who star teammates in Seattle, and now the teammates in Denver don't even pretend to hide it. No chance. And Zach Wilson, it doesn't feel quite as venomous. Like, he had a little bit of a comeback the second time he got benched, but you watch that game, it's like, it's a production-based business. And when you do not produce at the levels in which, not even close, like, we're not even functioning, I can't take you seriously. Anyone who's ever had a job with someone who shouldn't be in their position and you're reliant on them, it starts off by frustration, right? You're like, God, I wish this guy would bring a little bit more to the table. And then you get to the point a month in, six months in, where like it's costing you money. It's costing you stress where you just hate the motherfucker. You can't even look at the person because you start, you're now hurting the way I'm feeding my family. At first, like everyone, transition period, learning process, welcome to life. After a certain point in time in high-level industries, I would say in most businesses, like, figure it out, bro. Figure it out. The one rumors floating around that Bill O'Brien might be the next offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots if they fire, which is Belichick, how often does he fire coaches? Gets rid of Patricia and Judge. What I think happened, I think Bill O'Brien is the next head coach of the New England Patriots. Now, we'll see what happens this weekend. Are the Patriots going to keep losing? Mac Jones is kicking everyone in the nuts. Mac Jones, like, bro, get a hold of yourself. I have less of an issue, though, like, I know the one viral video of him, Cincinnati, where he went on all fours and he tried to roll the guy. Like, doesn't look great. My bigger issues was, like, he's a mental head case, always screaming to people. Like, bro, you're not Tom. You're not... Aaron Rodgers screamed to someone in the Miami Dolphins game. It's like a four-time MVP. <laughs> Mac, why are you always screaming? How are Mac, how are you any different screaming at Kendrick Bourne or any of these guys on the team? Hunter Henry. They have played way more football than you and accomplished everything you have and more. You, you, when you're going to scream at people, whether you're a coach, whether you're a player, whether you're a parent, like you better be setting the right example. Like, who are you, buddy? You know? Parents all love to think they get to scream at you for whatever they want, which is technically true because they pay for everything. But like, it's harder to take a superior, a boss, whoever, a quarterback, if you ain't getting it done. So I is the Patriot job really that desirable? Now, Billy O worked with Mac Jones, maybe he likes him, so it does make some sense. But Patriots, man, what a what a bizarre season. Back at it after a little Christmas festivities. With my guy Stucky, 33-23-1, who um, probably hasn't moved off his couch for a week watching football. Just feels like just nonstop games the best you get up. There's a bowl game with 
six and six teams. You go to bed, you got a future potentially number one pick against Oregon and just a how crazy was that kick? Uh, you find them on the Action Network, Action Network podcast, as well as Big Bets on Campus. Stucky, what's cracking, bro? What's going on, brother? Yeah, we, uh, like in a half hour, there's a, we're, you know, we're going to have a, a two o'clock in the afternoon. There's a ball no. game. If the, if the world always operated like this, there would be, no one would ever get anything done. Absolutely no chance. How about that Oregon kick? I mean, I, that I was thought wild. he missed. I thought he that missed. Was, yeah, that was insane. And uh, people who had the over almost had a lifeline uh, of a tie game similar to Arkansas-Kansas, which was also uh, a wild game. So, yeah, the bowls are getting good. The games, they'll start to matter more. And I think we're going to get two good college football playoff games. And the great thing about the schedule this weekend is normally it's like New Year's. It's going to feel a little weird New Year's Day, not like watching the Rose Bowl and – you know, being hung over on the couch, but you're going to get Saturday college football playoff, Sunday full NFL slate with a lot of playoff implications, and then Monday, you know, Rose Bowl and, and college football all day. So, a uh, hell of a weekend. And is there a Monday? Is there a Monday night football game on the second? Uh, yeah, at Bills Bengals. I mean, how do you be, you get Rose Bowl and Bills Bengals? I mean, holy like, moly. ESPN had to come out and say, if the Rose Bowl goes a little long, they're going to keep the Rose Bowl on. They give an official announcement and put Bills Bengals on ESPN too, um, which is shocking. It's probably the only time the NFL would ever take the backseat to anything. But uh, yeah, it's what, what, what a weekend. I, I'd argue that is an incredible back-to-back, just Rose Bowl with, you know, Penn State's going to try it. Obviously, Utah, this is their Super Bowl to go Bills Bengals. I mean, that's gotta be when the season ends on paper, one of the better games of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Tulane USC too, I think will be an interesting game earlier in the day. Um, so yeah, it's that's what a Monday. It's crazy. You know, Drake May, I think you brought him up to me way earlier in the season. I wasn't super locked in on UNC. And I mean, obviously he's incredible. I mean, it's come out that he's turning down five million dollars, which I think is fair to say probably Alabama, Georgia, Texas A and M, one of those type teams offered him money. And then yesterday I get up or two days ago, and the Wake Forest kid who's been putting up huge numbers for years, he wasn't even in the portal, just goes in the portal and then he's at Notre Dame. You, you know, he got a enormous direct deposit. I'll promise you this with Notre Dame guys, if you've ever met the rich Notre Dame, that money's already through. <laughs> that money went through and he said, See you guys later. Uh, and, and think about, you know, Drake May. Bo Nix is a guy. He's got a little Zach Wilson to his game, just in terms of kind of runs around, makes plays, has just completely, unlike Zach, has resurrected his career. I mean, how that guy was so terrible. I didn't, I was in the car yesterday, so I wasn't able to watch the game, but he's had a, I mean, for how crappy he was, just a fantastic year. It's this quarterback class next year is going to be pretty fun. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's coming back. Um, Penix and, is coming yeah. back. Yeah, and I, I think that um, I I do think I, mean, I thought this from early on, just from watching. And we'll see what Grayson McCall has got some potential. will go from Coastal Carolina, but yeah, just from watching Drake May, and then anytime I was digging into like advanced stats, I, and it would be like, all right, quarterbacks under pressure. What are they? And Drake May is just jumping off the page. So I started watching him. I truly believe he's going to be the best quarterback the best future pro quarterback that's currently in college and last night he's playing you know uh, he has a bad offensive line he was playing without his best receiver who opted out um his offensive coordinator was bad all year and yeah the kid just has it and he can make every throw and 
Um, yeah, it's 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 one of the things that you know maybe some kids hang around an extra year in college because you're going to get paid. You get these superstars, you yeah. can get paid, uh, come back for one more year. But yeah, I'm a huge fan of May. I would buy his stock now. Yeah, I think he's going to be in the mix. You know, everyone just puts Caleb there, and obviously he was fantastic this season, but Drake's going to have something to say. He's bigger. Um, you know, it's 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 a little diff- more difficult observation because his program is not going to just be as good as USC, but I'm I'm with you and, and texting around to buddies. He turned down Alabama at high school, and obviously he probably just turned him down again. So, I mean, you're looking yep. at a guy that is big time. Well, let's get into some of these NFL games. The Jets, who uh, officially basically are done with uh, our boy from BYU, uh, are taking broken rib Mike White back. And y- you would think that Joe Namath is walking back through the door playing Seattle, who, you know, basically we all shorted, you know, three or four weeks ago. You could tell they were leaking oil and now uh, they got some problems. There's a weird spot, you know, how how injured is he? Is he just, I mean, it took him a while to get cleared in the first place. So I, I would imagine he's not just feeling great, but given how terrible Zach Wilson is, that, that no one can argue. I mean, this isn't just, it's a dramatic, I mean, they went to a guy who couldn't throw that I had never heard of in my life who had been in the CFL and who also couldn't throw in the NFL game. And it felt like, yeah, it gives him a better chance to move the ball. So uh, I like the Jets this weekend. Yeah, it didn't feel like that. I was the, that's how it was. I mean, Zach Wilson is uh, he now. If you look at a, a stat like Elo, he's now has the lowest Elo of any quarterback through twenty two starts in NFL history. Um, so yeah, talk about a bust. And but we, you know, we're talking. We're going to talk week seventeen, week eighteen, and you're you're going to see a lot of uh, the NFL. You always see up that upsets that you never expect. And I remember when the Jets beat the Rams, like I don't know, four or five years ago. Didn't get the number one overall pick because of that meaningless game to them. Um, won the game and lost the number one pick. And instead of getting uh, Trevor Lawrence, ended up with Zach Wilson. So it's uh, funny how some of these late season games that are pure meaningless at, can change the direction of a franchise. Uh, imagine but, if the Jets had Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it's. I mean, they, I, I think they would be competing. They might not be as good as the Bills and the Chiefs and the Bengals, but they'd be. Maybe a real. I threat. don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'd be a real threat. That's the that's the the one missing piece that that they have. But yeah, Mike White clearly gives Mike White clearly gives him the best chance to win. I think it's mainly just uh, you know, if he was cleared, he wanted to play two weeks ago. So I assume that he's fine. Going up against just a horrible Seattle defense that's been trending in the wrong direction. The Jets will be able to get their run game going here as well. Uh and White can just complete all the passes. He's not a complete disaster out there. And the mar I don't think the market upgrades the Jets enough for when Mike White starts. The Jets, for whatever reason, have taken money the past two weeks, like sharp, late money. They did it against the Jaguars and the Lions, even though Zach Wilson was starting. I completely disagree. I think it's a two, two and a half point upgrade, maybe even three to uh, Mike White. Jets defense, still really good. Be the best unit on the field here. And uh, both teams will be motivated. They still have outside playoff chances. Lockett, Tyler Lockett, his status is in doubt indoor. He might not be fully healthy uh, with his hand. Jets get a few extra days of prep here if they're playing on Thursday. They're 5-2 and two against the spread on the road this year. Defense, special teams, they travel well. Their only losses came against the Patriots on a walk-off punt return and against the Vikings when the game they should have won when you know the Vikings got like three goal-line stops at the end. So Jets 
You, know, you get Mike White here, Jets defense is the difference. Se- Seattle team is just fading quick. They haven't covered in six straight weeks. I think the Jets get it done on the road here. Well, the Giants had a t- chance basically to solidify their playoff tri- uh, chances last week in that Minnesota game. And, I mean, it's Minnesota just pulls these games out of you know crevices. That, who, who knows where they're grabbing them from, but they do it. So I, I, I've said, listen, I've started just giving them credit. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but you win enough of these. Maybe it's just historically that franchise has kind of been snake bit. Maybe this is just their year where they just win all these crazy games and get to the Super Bowl. But, you know, the Giants, cold stink. I mean, Nick Foles, holy moly. That, that, that was pretty ugly the other day. Uh, I, I don't think I could put money on the Colts. And now the Giants, th- this, is, this is kind of their doppelganger, but much worse, right? It's just really ugly. <laughs> the ball doesn't move as well. Though I'd say Saquon has looked much more explosive these last couple of weeks. Daniel Jones... You got to give him some credit. I mean, he definitely resurrected his career as just being a serviceable player, which he definitely wasn't. And I think that looking back, probably a Joe Judge, uh, Pat Shermer issue. Uh, but I, I like the Giants in this spot, especially at home. Yeah, I played. I disagree here. I played the. I played the Colts. Now this is shocker. I played a really bad team. Um, the Colts this year, after double digit losses, they've lost three, and they got, just got embarrassed by. The Chargers. Now, and Foles played. He was awful. He is awful, but I mean, so is Ryan, so is Ellinger. Yeah. I don't think there's They're much of a difference. This is, yeah, this at least will be the his second start. So, you know, he shook some of the rust off. He was missing some some easy reads on, on defenses, things that he should know, but it was his first action of the year. I think he'll be a little bit better and, and they, they'll be able to run the ball a little bit here. And they still have a top ten defense. It's a defense that's ranked I, you know, I have them ranked, I think, tenth or 11th in, in the league right now. And they're playing really well overall. Like they played well last week and just couldn't get anything going on offense. And you're going to see this a lot. And I'll, I'll talk about this next week as well. There is, because I think this line is just a little bit too high. I mean, the giants were just, the, I, the I, agree, were, I agree with you. I agree with you there. The line probably should be like four. Yeah. And you're asking, you're asking the giants to win by a touchdown or more. And this is a team, by the way, they have eight wins on the air. They're all by one possession. Um, this is a team that struggles to build margin. Their defense isn't great. And you see this in the final two weeks of the regular season in the NFL every year in the market where teams that are eliminated are playing teams that need to win. And the perception is, oh, I, I want to bet the team that needs to win. Obviously, that it doesn't really work. If you go back to ni- since 1990, eliminated teams who have already been eliminated from the playoffs, playing teams that need to win for playoff their playoff hopes the eliminated teams are 95 57 and 4 against the spread that's 62 and a half percent and the reason for that is these are still NFL players they yeah. still have pride and a lot of times these bad teams it's like oh now this is basically our playoff we get a chance to play spoiler they play looser the other teams playing tighter and then you have an inflated line um which i think you're getting in this case and the Colts look they've lost three other times uh by double digits the next weeks the next week and by the way they were plus four and a half at minnesota just a couple weeks ago they were up 33 nothing and covered they also beat the chiefs the week after losing by double digits and they won at the raiders so it was a hell of a cover (laughs) yeah a a big sweat so yeah they were they were plus four and a half at minnesota so was you know recently the giants were plus four and a half at minnesota recently the market was like these two teams are pretty even you know, throwing home field, 
folds. Maybe it's a little downgrade, but now you're getting six. Uh, I have to take this. And yeah, week 16 road dogs are from 2000 to 2020. So you're, you're looking at before the expanded to 18 weeks. Teams that are under 500 on the road catching points. So losing team catching points over a field goal, 53 and 30 against the spread, 62%. And that speaks to, okay, no one wants to bet, bet these teams that are eliminated against these teams that are playing for something yeah, uh, at home. And you're just getting a couple points of value usually. So yeah, I'm holding my nose. I'm backing the Colts. It's ugly, I know. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know, looking at the... the the standings with a win, you know, they don't, if they cover or not, the giants are essentially in the playoffs because all these eight win teams that, that tie is kind of going to bail them out because they'll only, even if they lose that last game, they, they would be nine, six and one. And they're going to be more than likely an eight loss team will be the seven seed. So yeah, giants, giants clinch with a win. Um, so that's an incredible season for Brian Dayball because even in the old school NFL, they would have been a legitimate playoff team. Now it's the down NFC, but but still, that's that team. I I don't know about you. I fuck. I didn't think they would be probably drafted in the top five. That's where I would have bet them to be, not where they're in the mix. Yeah, the and and you'll see that in this game too. There's a big coaching mismatch for sure, which is worth worth which is worth something. But I value that more. If you know the Giants were an underdog here, um, yeah, you know, I don't think that matters as much for winning by margin. But their staff, uh, Brian Dable, I, I think deserves coach of the year. Although you could argue Kyle Shanahan should be in the mix um, for what he's done with Brock Purdy um, and and the 49ers. But Dable has been just amazing. I mean, you go back to a game last we, week. We, and they we, call, we call him Joe Montana 2.0 out west. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, I will refer to him 
as that going forward. Uh, but yeah, we, and but he was a guy in college. It was only good in October, Brocktober. And now all of a sudden uh, he's going to lead the Fortnite Super Bowl. But yeah, you go back to last week. This is a, this is a giant seed that should have won that game, right? They outgained the Vikings 450 to 350. They averaged close to seven yards per play. And it was Daniel Jones throwing to Richie James, a uh, 49ers cast off, and Isaiah Hodgins, who combined for 16 catches and 180 yards. That's Dable. And, and you know, you look at Daniel Jones this year, he's looked so much better. It's the simplified offense. It's just the play calling, simplifying everything for Daniel Jones, you know, keeping everything on one side of the field. And that's all coaching. The game management has improved. They're not running quarterback sneaks on third and eight, um, just basic stuff and the play calling. And and this is a team that's dealt with so many injuries. Look at their wide receiver core. Look at their defense. So, yeah, a lot of credit to Dable and the Giants. Uh, I think that just they probably end up winning this game as they've done a lot of games this year by three or four. It, to me, Daniel Jones has a little poor man's Alex Smith to him. You know, not the most physically gifted as a thrower, but can move. Obviously, smart guys like him and just needed some a coach that knew what he was doing and to believe in him. And you can just get him going on the right path. And he's just going to have, I, I would imagine, a pretty long career. And I, I would guess they probably just re-sign him, you know, at, at a manageable, pretty cheap number. Just keep rolling. And then they just try to build up the squad and keep competing for the playoffs, kind of like the 49ers did. Now, Harbaugh had a better team of like, players are the Niners were much more equipped to be a higher end team because he inherited the Willis's the Vernon Davis's but I, I would guess that Brian Dayball attacks it that way yeah he's I mean it's more it's even more amazing what he's doing because Gettleman left to just an enormous mess just a dumpster Joe. fire yeah uh and salary cap situations so it's going to take some time to clean that up you know like things like the Galladay uh trading contract and all that but you yeah i mean if you look at jones he, people could say like ah oh, there was three years he, he, we we know who he is but look at the situation that he was in arguably the worst offensive lines over the past couple of years the worst management horrendous coaching um so and you know it's not like he had elite weapons all over the field but just the coaching and the offensive lines have been so bad now they have addressed that in the draft andrew thomas looks like a steal i'm, I'm assuming neil will be great so yeah, I think they're trending in the right direction. It's going to take a couple of years to really fix it, but you know the the NFC is looks like it'll probably be wide open in the next couple of years. And yeah, the Giants are on an upward trajectory. Okay, let's uh, Detroit. Who uh, listen? I, I I wanted them to make the playoffs at, at least to be right there with Green Bay, and they still control their own destiny to that have that game matter as long as Green Bay wins. But holy moly, did they get their ass kicked last weekend? I mean that that was. What did Carolina run for over three hundred yards? I mean, they, they they embarrassed that team. Now, were they feeling eight, themselves? Eight point eight yards per play. The <laughs> Panthers average. That's like out Al, when Alabama plays like the Citadel. Yeah, it, it was that a case of listen? This team had probably underachieved early, overachieved, and at the end of the day, they're seven, eight, nine, kind of right in where they're going to end up, and they're probably a year away. And they just ran out of gas and got curb stomped. To a Carolina team that still has a lot to play for, obviously they got a big game this week. Playing Chicago, who plays in interesting games, yet they always lose. <laughs> and when you look at the draft order, they have just kind of been holding down that number two spot. And depending on what happens to the Texans the next couple of weeks, like they got a chance to draft number one for as sexy and as fun as it feels their season to be. Now it would be an upset if the Texans don't end up, you know, holding down that number one spot. But 
Chicago has been riding shotgun right there with him for a while, despite the way I know I and a lot of people just kind of talk about him like bright future. Look at fields like, yeah, is it really just him kind of running around? But, you know, this is a spot you would think Detroit got their ass kicked, comeback swinging. Numbers a little big, you know. I mean, all these coaches every week that play Justin Fields and all these players go, Jesus, he was way faster. He's just a menace. And while Detroit's defense has been better, uh, he just, I don't care how fast your defense is, he can get held. Week one in a rainstorm was giving the Niners problems running around. So he's just, to me, he's a he's a cover machine, even though your team's probably going to lose. Which is ideal. I mean, if you're a Bears fan, you love that. You're like, all right, yeah, Fields has sure. proved himself because you want to talk about bad situations and bad management that has ruined a team. Just talked about Gettleman and the Giants. Well, look at the the Bears as well. I mean, what Fields is playing with. I mean, look, look at the receivers, the the offensive line, and and the defense. The defense is the worst in the league. These are two horrendous defenses. I, I, defenses I think the, I, I yeah. think the Bears have to regret that midseason. They traded their second round pick. For Chase Claypool, I, I mean, I, yeah. I think that was. I get it with being. I'm all for being bold, but that that's a that's a swing yeah. and miss there. Yeah, that's the team. You, you want to rebuild your draft capital, and and yeah, they could get the number one pick, but I actually don't think it matters. I don't think they're drafting a quarterback. No, so like if the Texans, but they get would it, trade. Drafting, yeah, they could trade it, but the the Bears at two, maybe you know you get Will Anderson, or you know maybe address your offensive line, but. um yeah, they, they need draft capital. They need to get younger. The problem is the, the conundrum is like, all right, Fields is prudent stuff, but you got to rebuild this entire roster. And, and the, the cap situation is a nightmare, but you have, but you have Fields on the rookie contract. So like, and that's when you really want to you know, know go after and you can really build your roster, but they're in such a bad spot. But by the time they fix a lot of the other things, Fields won't be on the rookie contract anyway. Uh, yeah, this is, this is almost, we could just take what I said for the, Colts Giants game and apply it here. This is another one of those games where team that needs to win at home, playing a division opponent, no less, uh, that can spoil, you know, spoil their season, a lot of familiarity. And this is, you know, if you go back a month ago, the Bears were three point favorites at home against the Lions. Now, fast forward, you know, a month and change, they're catching six. And in that game, they, the Bears lost by one because of a pick six late. They averaged seven yards per play against the Lions in that game. They ran wild. They should be able to do that again here. The Lions offense will cook. There's a reason this total is like 53, which is extremely high, especially this year in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, the Bears should be able to do what they've done all year, keep games close. They're coming off a stretch of like the Bills in um you know, yeah. in weather, the Eagles, which they lost by one possession, the Packers they probably should have won that game. And then the Jets when it was Simeon versus White. So, yeah, I, I think this is too many points in a division game for a Lions team that they you saw it last week. This is a team that's going to they're a year away. It's going to take some time dealing with pressure, dealing with expectations. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if they drop this game. I like where the Lions are headed. They need to just hit on like their next two defensive pieces, and then they got to make a decision on a quarterback. I, I think Goff is can he, he did it with the with the with the Rams. He can get you to a Super Bowl if you have the right pieces around him. But I think they're they're still a year away. This line's too high for a division game. You're asking the Lions to win by a touchdown plus with that defense. I think that the Bears will care from everything I've read. They want Fields to get the quarterback rushing record. He should be able to run wild here. They've lost eight straight. They've been competitive. This is this line is way out of whack in my opinion. 
<clears throat> yeah, to me, when it comes to Detroit, and I would throw Seattle in there because they have the Rams and Denver's pick, it's going to be interesting. And I know people think I'm nuts, but Will Levis is just, he's just going to go really high. Just the physical attributes, the character stuff. John Schneider, once upon a time, loved Josh Allen. One reason Russell Wilson has been mad at like the front office, because remember, he went to a pro day and it was like he was in love with Josh Allen. He's trying to trade the Browns to get his hands on him. Now, I don't know, Brad Holmes, you know, they function forever. And obviously, he likes Jared Goff. Maybe he philosophically believes differently. But I I think one of those two teams, just given, you know, Seattle's going to be competitive. It's clear, like, they're not, as long as Pete's there and they're like, they're not going to suck. And obviously, Detroit definitely is not going to suck. So having those two picks, one of those two teams, I don't know which one, but I'll be stunned if they don't kind of move up a couple spots, if they end up at four or five. And I I would bet money Will Levis ends up on one of those two teams. Yeah, I mean, once anyone Dan, sees... Do you think about Dan Campbell, big, strong, wants to throw, you know, especially now he was around Sean Payton. Sean Payton's, you know, always kind of gravitated. He started wanting one of those type guys. That's a huge mentor of his. So I... If if one of those two teams could hit on a quarterback, especially Detroit, holy shit! I mean, they they got some serious offensive firepower. Yeah, le- there, there's a reason all the scouts are in love with Levis. If you just if you go to a a workout, number one, that kid just his his build, his he's huge, the isn't size he? of a house. Yeah, his thighs the size of a house. But when he th- he throws a ball, it is uh, a spectacle. You just watch him, you know, just YouTuber, Twitter search him throwing in in uh drills and yeah so he's gonna be uh he's already scouts already love him but he's once he gets to pro days and combine now that you have to ask yourself does he become uh josh allen or does he it's risky yeah. malik willis right who doesn't look i mean malik willis all his time but he, i mean malik willis was benched tonight for josh dobbs um kyle bowler for example a guy yeah that, you know it, pro day on his knees throwing 80 yards into a trash can but uh looked more like a trash can when he got into the game. But yeah, it's there there's a couple teams that are just a quarterback away and do, do you um, agree? I mean, you you live in Lexington. Do you think he'll end up going number 2 overall? Uh, Levis? Yeah. Or or, um, or just the better way to say it, the second quarterback off the board? Yeah, 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 for sure. It's yeah, cuz if it's the Bears number 2 overall, they're not taking him and they might be the second pick. Um and yeah, I'm looking at the, the rest of the quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I think that he will he will end up going as the second overall quarterback. And I'm really interested to see. There's a lot of interesting quarterback. The next two years are going to be really fascinating with quarterbacks. You know, you have the Jets. What are the Jets going to do? Like Mike White, do they go after a free agent? Do they draft 49ers? Or, you know, there's a lot of teams that are like our, our quarterback away. What do the, the lines do? What do the 49ers do now? It's like, remember, Hurry, baby. Remember, Remember Lance? Like what happened? So another offseason of Trey Lance and uh in a quarterback competition. But if Purdy takes them to the moon, see ya, Trey. This is uh Purdy's team now. And uh where does Jimmy G? Like I think Jimmy G would be a perfect fit for you know for the Jets. Like if the if the Jets just had him this year, right? That would be like they'd be like the Niners, really good defense and running game. And so yeah, there's a lot of uh it's going to be a fascinating quarterback market to watch in this offseason. Well, happy new year. Enjoy the games. Uh, have just a degenerate of all degenerate type weekends. This is doesn't get much better. I, I mean, I should yep. like you. I haven't done anything for a week now. I don't plan on doing much moving forward for the next four or five days. So, well, let's uh, let's enjoy football while we have it because we're not that far away. I mean, we only have so many games left, right? Last Saturday, it's the last Saturday 
with college football until oh. August. So that always that gets me. Um, so yeah, enjoy the games. I think this both semifinals will be good. There's great college football and NFL in all week. Um, and just be if you're listening, be careful on the final two weeks. Don't just blindly assume the team that needs to win against the dead team is going to cover. Uh, still professional athletes, NFL teams playing to coaches playing for jobs, players playing for jobs, players playing spoiler. Every year, you're going to see look no further than Colts Jags last year. Colts 15 point favorites in Jacksonville, just winning it in. They get blown out, blown their, their doors blown off. Uh, so yeah, be careful, enjoy the games. Happy New Year to you and uh, everyone listening, and let's cash some bets. Later, Stucky. Have a good weekend. All right, brother. You too. See ya. The Volume. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.